Chapter 12 of Hereditary Genius by Francis Galton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Chapter 12 Poets. The poets and artists generally are men of high aspirations, but for all that, they are a sensuous, erotic race, exceedingly irregular in their way of life. Even the stern and virtue-preaching Dante is spoken of by Boccaccio in most severe terms. Their talents are usually displayed early in youth, when they are first shaken by the tempestuous passion of love. Of all who have a place in the appendix to this chapter, Cowper is the only one who began to write in mature life, and none of the others who were named in the heading to my appendix, except possibly Camions and Spencer, displayed authorship till after thirty it may be interesting and it is instructive to state a few facts and evidence of their early powers beringer a printer's compositor taught himself or began to publish at sixteen burns was a village celebrity at sixteen and soon after began to write calderon at fourteen campbell's pleasures of hope was published when he was twenty gildoni produced a comedy in manuscript that amazed all who saw it at eight Ben Jonson, a bricklayer's lad, fairly worked his way upwards through Westminster and Cambridge, and became famous by his every man and his humour at twenty-four. Keats, a surgeon's apprentice, first published at twenty-one and died at twenty-five. Metastasio, improvised in public when a child and wrote at fifteen. Tom Moore, published under the name of Thomas Little and was famous at twenty-three. Ovid, wrote verses from boyhood. Pope published his pastorals at sixteen and translated the Iliad between twenty-five and thirty. Shakespeare must have begun very early, for he had written almost all his historical plays by the time he was thirty-four. Schiller, a boy of promise, began famous through his brigands at twenty-three. Sophocles, at the age of twenty-seven, beat Aeschylus at the public games. I now annex the usual tables. Table 1 is displayed on the page, summary of relationships of 24 poets grouped in 20 families. There are three groups, one relation or two in family, two or three relations or three or four in family, and four or more relations or five or more in family. Table 2 is also displayed on the page with degrees of kinship, with columns of the name of the degree and the corresponding letters. The results of Table 2 are surprising. It appears that if we accept the kindred of Coleridge and Wordsworth, who have shown various kinds of ability, almost all the relations are in the first degree. Poets are clearly not founders of families. The reason is, I think, simple, and it applies to artists generally. To be a great artist requires a rare, and so to speak, unnatural correlation of qualities. A poet, besides his genius, must have the severity and steadfast earnestness of those whose dispositions afford few temptations to pleasure, and he must, at the same time, have the utmost delight in the exercise of his senses and affections. This is a rare character, only to be formed by some happy accident, and is therefore unstable in inheritance. Usually people who have strong sensuous tastes go utterly astray and fail in life, and this tendency is clearly shown by numerous instances mentioned in the following appendix, who have inherited the dangerous part of a poet's character, and not his other qualities that redeem and control it. End of chapter 12 to the Hereditary Genius